because I always just start the podcast like in the middle of a sentence. It starts recording. He's always always like, why don't you do an intro or something? I'm like, it just doesn't feel natural to me. Like, what am I going to do? Hi hi here. I'm Hunter Homestack sitting down with Stout Pittsburgh, Zach Snyder. Like, who wants to hear that? Now, mid-sentence, let them guess what we were talking about. That's way better. Exactly. That's exactly what I think. And with a guy like you, man, like I said off camera, you're the perfect candidate to just let a podcast fly. I think anybody at Braun the Bird 12 caught a glimpse of your personality for sure. I had a lot of people texting me, a lot of people messaging me being like, dude, this Zack Snyder guy is, is great. He's the best. Like, please get him back. It's just people fell in love with you instantly, man. Like, did you... <laughs> Did you expect to be so calm and just having so much fun in your MMA debut? I mean, it's it's kind of scary stepping into that cage. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was having fun, but it was pretty scary. Um, I think leading up to it, I was thinking, you know, the word the uh, the last thing I want to do is feel nervous or feel afraid. So um, I was just trying to have a good time. My song came on. I was going bananas, and uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Fun but scary. Yeah, when like you say, you make it sound a lot easier than I bet it is. Like you're like, I just focus on having fun, keeping it, you know, not getting too nervous, not being nervous. But what actually goes into that? Like, how do you prevent yourself from getting nervous? Because I know even from my role, man, as GM, like I get nervous for events and I'm not fighting. I just want everything to go smoothly and go well. And I get like that anxious energy as well. Like how, what did you do? What kind of methods did you use to kind of calm your nerves? That's a good question. I was just chilling. Um, you know, also, you know, we're getting ready and I, I guess starting from the top, you know, you put in so much work and you, you think about it for so long in advance leading up to it. It's not like you just have to fight that day. I think, I mean, I think I had like two weeks to get ready. So I'm thinking about it. I'm planning. Um, every day I'm trying to visualize uh, like what could go on in the fight. Um, but then also when you're sitting in the back and you have, uh, total killers surrounding you, like Wilkins, Will, Jonas, uh, uh, Visoki, of course. <laughs> when Visoki's in your ear telling you you're going to kill somebody, you kind of listen to him. <laughs> and having James Lido back there, who, you know, he's 21 years old and he was cool as a cucumber. So it's like, if he can be cool, I can be cool too. So, Yeah, that's a great point, man. The team around you is sick. I mean, we can't talk about Zack Snyder without talking about Stout as well. You know, I feel like you are Mr. Stout. You go in, you're the guy working the front desk. You're the guy signing everybody up for their memberships and everything. What has, when did you first get involved with Stout and kind of what have they done for you? Not just as a fighter, but I mean, giving you a, a lifestyle, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I used to sell, uh, my last job before, before I worked for these guys was I was uh, selling liquor. So I would just go bar to bar all over town um, and just try to sell liquor. It was pretty cool, but you know, I didn't really like it too, too much. Um, and then the pandemic happened and all the bars shut down, so there was no bars to sell liquor to. So I just asked, you know, I'd been training at Stout, and I just asked them if they needed any help, like working the front desk, mopping the mats, stuff like that. And they said, sure. And then from there, I just started kind of taking on more and more responsibilities. Um, started working, uh, working like the sales phone for them, um, kind of keeping up on the day-to-day and the email and the housekeeping and stuff like that, kind of like an admin person in a, in a big way. And then I started coaching with them. Um, and so, yeah, I never really expected it to like blossom into anything like it, like it did, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I love working for them. Um, it's best job I've ever had. Um, I get to do like business side stuff, like my background, and then I get to coach and I get to work with people of all ages and people from all over the world. And I get to work with kids and just really super, super rewarding. Every day, every day feels fun and different and exciting. And, uh, I, the only thing I don't look like looking at is how many emails I have right now, but <laughs> that's going to be a problem for after the podcast. <laughs> that's a, that's a later Zach problem. Future <laughs> Zach problem. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Dude, I mean, you mentioned so much good stuff about Stout and what they're doing for the combat sports scene, not just here, but you guys are really branching out in a big way lately. You can tell your impact is being felt, you know, more than just in Pittsburgh, for sure. Um, I like, you know, you've got your satellite locations now in Zealy, Monroeville and everything. I think what you guys are doing is really special. And, and I think you are great a big part of that, man. And, and your mentality also, I think is what's so attractive to stout for people. Like I said, I mean, anybody who saw your fight at Braunberg 12 is just like, I like this guy. Like you're, you're just easy to talk to. You, you got a, you got a friendly face, Zach. So <laughs> I, th I think that's doing a lot for stout, man. But for you personally, like you mentioned how you kind of started teaching with them and everything, what was your background, your, your strict martial arts background before you got to stout? Because, I didn't know much about you, to be honest, until like I started getting involved with Stout a little bit as well. And then obviously fighting for us. I didn't know too much about you. So where did you where did you come from martial arts wise? Uh, uh, oh, I thought that was Tim Bailey in the chat. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so I never did. But shout out TJ anyway. Sup, dude. Um, so I, I never did like any martial arts whatsoever until uh, until a couple years ago when I started kickboxing. Um I mean, growing up, like, I, I used to, like, wrestle my friends sometimes. All my friends would go to, like, some wrestling club at the next school over or something. So then they'd come back and, like, beat my butt. And eventually I kind of figured out how to not get beat up so bad by them. But that's when we were, like, kids. So, um, and my dad was, like, a really good wrestler in high school, like a whippy old guy. And then I think wrestled at Slippery Rock for, like, a semester or two. But uh, just, like, didn't pan out for him. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any martial arts background. I just started kickboxing a couple years ago. I've done kind of the joke at the gym is that I have more jujitsu wins than I have been to classes, which <laughs> it was a joke. And now it might actually be like true number wise. Like I probably do have more wins than I've been to classes. I love jujitsu, but I, it's just something I haven't sat down and committed to training. Um, yeah, I mean, I've played sports all my life. I feel like I'm pretty athletic and, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I guess. That's funny, man. Jiu-Jitsu is like the sport. I was just actually listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with Travis Luter from way back in the day with, with Kevin Holland was also on it. And and they were mentioning how nobody just goes to a jiu-jitsu gym, no matter how athletic you are, no matter what your background is, nobody just is good at jiu-jitsu right away. Like you always struggle at first, but it like you saying, I have more wins than classes. Sounds like you might, are you potentially the exception to that rule? Like how did you pick up jujitsu so fast? Like you just said, you're not even training, but anybody who saw your fight at Braun the Bird 12 would think you're a jujitsu guy. Well, I don't think I'm that good at jujitsu because uh, if I was, I probably would have finished those rear naked chokes I tried to do. Um, <laughs> I, I briefly went for a Kimura. I didn't get that. Uh, I now know after the fact that I missed a Von Flu choke. Von Flu, I believe it's called. So I'm not actually very good at jujitsu technically. 
Um, but um, who's the gentleman? Uh, who who's the commentary gentleman? It's not Luke, is it? Is it Luke? Luke Payson, Ryan Cavanaugh, and Ethan Goss were all doing commentary. Okay. I think I think Ryan reached out to me, uh, you know, to chat a little bit before. And um, yeah, I mean, I tell him, I tell everybody, I'm just, I'm, I'm frisky, you know, I'm athletic, I'm frisky. Uh, I'm definitely not discrediting jujitsu, you know what I mean? People with a little bit of experience can definitely, definitely beat me. But yeah, I'm just frisky. I just athletic my way through everything. So I'm, uh, I tell everyone who will listen, I'm a, uh, uh, I'm a 170 pound no gi beginners bracket over 30 Cheswick PA world champion <laughs> Industries. <laughs> dude that's yeah. awesome put that on a plaque man put that on your wall that's right. i wake up in the morning and it's an affirmation i repeat to myself that's you're an you. over 30 beginners bracket champion over 30 <laughs> beginners bracket champion nobody can take that from you zach <laughs> that's right <laughs> dude i when you said you're frisky i just could only <laughs> th- i could only think of this picture that i gotta share with the people <laughs> Oh baby, <laughs> Dude, this is this is the best post-fight picture I think in two four seven history. When I was going through, I was going through the photos that our guy Chris Bermuda took here, and I came across this one, and I just I lost it, dude. <laughs> Hunter, think, what the, oh sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure I sent it to you right away as well. I'm like, no way. What did you do? You remember what you said to me? I do, I do. I said you need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I look enough like I look enough like him, so I'm good. You really do. I think that's definitely bridging the gap for you. That, that's <laughs> keep, keeping you above ground at this point, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the, so you mentioned like another element there that I definitely wanted to touch on because over 30, like beginners bracket, you are like late to the MMA game in terms of your age. Like so many people would say, "Oh, you're 30 years old. Like why are you even making your MMA debut? Why even mess with it?" But what is it for you, man? Why are you? I mean, that, that is a good question. Like you don't see many people at 30 just decide that they want to get in that cage. Yeah. Yeah. My parents aren't too happy about it, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's something I definitely always wanted to do. I remember I, I got uh, like in the UFC back in like the Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz days. I was in like middle school then. Me and my friends bought like MMA gloves and we would just go to my friend's farm and we just fight each other. And um, so I always wanted to do it back then, but then like, you know, there wasn't really any avenue for that where I grew up. So I ended up just doing regular sports like football and stuff and track um, and just grew away from it. And then um, I think I eventually took a Thailand trip and that kind of like reintroduced me to uh, Muay Thai. And so I got, got home from the, my Thailand trip and bought a heavy bag and started kicking it. And then I thought, well, if I'm, punching and kicking this heavy bag, I might as well try to go find a gym. And Stout was the first place I found. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's definitely fun. I'm really happy I got to do it too, because it kind of like, in a way, it feels like uh, a validation of all your training. Like, um, uh, and that's not to say, you know, uh, people who don't have fights doesn't make their training valid. But for me, it feels like I'm putting all in all this work, I might as well test myself. Um, and then the other aspect of it is like, uh, uh, a lot of times I'm thinking like if someone just like bust into my girlfriend's house right now, what am I going to do to them? And it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good test of what I would do to a home intruder. That's what I'm thinking. That's honestly, dude, that's a great way to look at it. I think that's all super valid. It's still like, to me, 
kind of begs the question like where do you want another mma fight like was that a one-off thing that you just wanted to do to say that you fought or like is this something that <laughs> yeah. we can expect because not just me like full disclosure obviously everyone at 247 but i've had a lot of fans too like are you are you getting that Zack snyder guy back like we would obviously love to but is this something that's even on your radar to do again yeah my guess is i'm probably going to do it again um yeah uh in like the five ten minutes after that fight i was like a little wishy-washy uh, i just remember it like being over and, and being like thank thank goodness it's over but uh uh, I, I, there's, there's a good chance I would like to do it again. I really like competing and it's fun to have that pressure and those stakes and, and people rooting for you. And, um, what, what's, what's cool. I, I think my, my mentality on it, I think I have a pretty good mentality on it. Like when it comes to like my teammates or people I know, or people I root for, it doesn't matter to me if they win or lose, right? What I admire about them is that they're going and doing it and stepping in the ring. Um, like we even have that quote at the gym by uh, 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 Roosevelt. Uh, you know, it's like the man in the arena. Right. So like, when it comes to my teammates, I don't care if they win or lose. I know how hard they work. I know how awesome they are. And I just like supporting them. So um, I sometimes I try to like force myself to think about that for myself. Like if I think that way about my good friends, why can't I think that way about myself? It doesn't really necessarily matter if I lose. Yeah. It'll be kind of, you know, embarrassing and humiliating and I don't want to get hurt or beat up either, but um, I'm just proud of myself for actually doing it. Um, and then whenever you look at guys that have like a whole career of doing that guys and, and women too, that have a whole career of doing this, have a bunch of fights fight really high level guys fight at the top level you go holy cow you know what i mean like the admiration i have for people like that uh you know i do think it's cool that i did one fight but there's people that just it's nothing to them so like yeah i, I don't know i don't know I'm, I'm it's a little early hunter I, I feel like i keep rambling i'm sorry no man you're not rambling at all that's why you're here dude this is your podcast this is your time to shine but <laughs> Uh, you make a lot of good points there, man. I think people severely underestimate what goes into making it to the cage on fight night. I think people mm. kind of just show up and they expect to be entertained. They, they're here to see a show. They don't really think about everything that you guys are putting into to get there. And even like you coming in on short notice and your opponent, Devin Zandarski, man, shout out to that guy coming. In I agree. I agree. Shout out notice. to Devin. Yeah, they, uh, that team prodigy MMA stepped up in a really big way when nobody else wanted these fights. I mean, it was a joke. Like you were making memes about it and having fun with it, but like, it wasn't that funny to us, dude. Like we, we no, like, no, like, like your memes were funny. I mean, the situation wasn't funny because it was like, we're just, we knew you wanted a fight and like we had it locked in and you know, a couple of your teammates we had locked in mm -hmm. that ultimately didn't get fights. And like, that stuff sucks, man. As a promoter, like it really does. It's just, it hurts whenever it's like we had agreements and now we don't have agreements or like this should be a fight, but they're being picky about this. And it's like at the amateur level, I feel like guys really kind of pick too much. Like mm -hmm. I'm not saying go in and fight anybody. Of course, that's easier for me to say, cause I'm not the one putting my brain on the line inside the cage either. So I get that, but 
like it was nice is what i'm getting at to see those prodigy guys be like yeah i like maybe i'm overmatched but i don't care like i want to fight i want to fight this guy i want to test myself like they both stepped up man and that's a lot as you know like that's a lot of paperwork and preparation to do in like one week they had to get it all done and they mm -hmm. they got their got their blood work done got their physicals got the paperwork you know i was impressed with them for sure uh, yeah i i agree um like I have a lot of confidence in myself. So, you know, my mentality is like it takes a lot of courage to step up and fight me. But imagine how much courage it takes to step up and fight James Leto. You know, that's yeah, right. Right. And <laughs> like, yeah. And Tony Welsh, like their other guy, yeah. Marquise Darnell, fought Tony Welsh. And yeah, like, he's like a Whippeal champion. Yeah. And Marquise yeah. is not a, not a wrestler at all. And he knew going in, he's like, all right, I have a wrestling disadvantage, but if I can keep it on the feet, like I'll be good. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, shot like any guy who thinks like that and just goes for it, man, like massive respect yeah. from me. Yeah, so. seriously, seriously. And, and I, we got to, I, I got to talk to all those guys, at least all super cool. All, um, you know, they're, they're cool guys. And, and yeah, I give them props too for stepping up and, um, even my opponent, like, Super tough. I'm trying to get finishes. Couldn't do it. Um, he was just throwing like fireballs at me on our feet, and I was like, not trying to deal with that. That's why I went to <laughs> wrestle. But um, it, yeah, su super tough, dude. Yeah, dude. I uh, I threw up on the screen while you were mentioning it there. The the man in the arena. That's that's yeah. awesome. That's that's the mural there at Stout in the strip. Um, is man in the arena up at Zeely and Monroeville too? Like, do you guys have that on walls there? The other locations. Uh, I haven't been to Monroeville very recent. I think there may be a version of it in uh, Zelianople. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not positive. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anybody who hasn't heard that speech or whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, look that up. Look up the man in the arena and enjoy that. It's perfect. Especially, you know, it's just specific to fighters, it feels like. It kind of applies to, to any yeah. occupation for sure. But if you're a fighter, I feel like it definitely hits different for you guys. So Yeah, and then par part of it that, like, resonates with me is um, I'm the type of guy, at least, like, throughout periods of my life where if, uh, like, if something isn't going perfect or just the way I want it, want it to go, like, maybe I'll, like, avoid it or procrastinate it or whatever – um, and yeah, it kind of is like just a quote about like just doing it. And it's like, doesn't really matter what happens. It's, it's about the, uh, it's about doing it. I think like the parallel quote or parallel philosophy is like, it's not the outcome. It's the journey. It's not the destination. It's the journey. It's more about actually doing it than what it's going to become. So I think that's a cool philosophy for almost anything in your life. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's just like the man in the arena feels a lot tougher, whereas it's not the it's not the destination, it's the journey. Sounds like Nicholas Nicholas Sparks might have wrote that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you, know, you know I can't read. <laughs> yes. Literary references over here. <laughs> Dude, we got the the big cheese, the owner, Ryan Middleton, dropping in the chat saying huge Zach fan here. So if yeah. the, owner, the owner's a fan, that's a good sign. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, I hope you're doing well and uh, appreciate everything you're doing. You know, put on a great show and having me on it. For sure, dude. We uh, when you cut your little post fight 
speech there that we put on Instagram and everything. I think it's got like several thousand views at this point, which is Ooh. awesome. Yeah, dude, you're blown up a little bit. It was great. But uh, <laughs> Famous, what can I say? <laughs> when that happened in real time, me, Ryan, and Jim all just looked at each other and started cracking up, dude, because I, like, I was like Diana in the clip. Like, Diana moves away. I was like, shit, is he really sick? And then you just totally... Perfect. The, yeah, yeah. Dude. It was great. I'm going <laughs> to play it for people uh, watching the podcast who, who haven't seen it yet. I got it queued up here so here we go i don't want you to get too close because i'm sick i'm really sick i'm sick of these amateur fighters ducking my teammates i got four teammates in the crowd right now watch me try they should have opponents where are you guys at step up glorious <laughs> Now, obviously, this was something that you planned or, or I mean, maybe not. Obviously, did you have that in mind? Like if I win, I'm going to I'm going to say this. Yeah. Well, in general, the type of person I am, I knew I had to say something fun afterwards. And yeah, I probably thought of this about like uh, maybe like a day or two before. And uh, it's funny because the accompanying thought I had when when thinking about it was like, oh, I really better win or else I'm wasting time on a stupid post fight speech yeah yeah oh so speaking of which um like regarding this regarding all the memes and stuff like that i'm only doing it to try to be funny i think you guys do a great job i never um want you to feel like you know i'm i'm like trying to make the organization look bad or anything um as a matter of fact they're back in on the meme uh on the meme campaign there was a couple there was a couple I made where I would look at it and I'd be like, all right, this one maybe just sounds like I'm just kind of dumping on 24-7 a little bit. And that's not the point. So I would just trash that one and I'd be like, I'll think of something funnier. So that's funny. It definitely, it definitely was never a knock on you guys. You know, it just it's kind of like you were mentioning earlier, man. Like uh like these amateur fighters are being too picky, you know. We we're we're getting weird reasons. Um but yeah, so yeah, it was like I mean, ultimately you had to take a fight. Like this shows where it got to. Like you had to take a fight that you guys probably wouldn't have taken early in the matching process either, because it was like 10, 15 pounds heavier than you really wanted. Like that was basically mm -hmm. at your walk around weight. That wasn't really what you were after either. But that's a great example of like if you actually want to fight, there's fights there. It's just do you actually want to fight? Like that's the question, you know? Yeah, and it's you know, it's amateurs, especially in Pennsylvania. I mean, you're, you're, it's not too, too dangerous. Like you're not going to get, someone's not going to sit on you and pound your face. And like, I don't know. I mean, the yeah. worst thing that could probably pretty much the worst thing that could happen to you is you wrestle or you fight James Leto and he freaking takes you to WWF. Like that's so. slam. That even that guy was, that guy was, seemed like he was okay. Pretty much. So he, he really <laughs> was dude. Derek Brown, shout out him. Like we said earlier, that was another extremely hard fight that he knew was a hard fight. And that guy signed the contract. Like mm -hmm. that, that fight's been signed for a long time. Like he never thought twice about it. He watched all footage of Lido in college and high school <laughs> and knew what he was getting himself into and was like, this is the challenge I want for myself. He's, and he, yeah, crazy. He's talking, dude. He's, he was like, James has him mounted and he's talking trash. I'm like, that, this guy has confidence, man. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that guy, man. He never blinked, and and he's yeah. even posting like like 
after the fight, he was thanking James Lido and thanking us for that fight. He's like, that's exactly what I needed to know where it's, I was and what I needed to work on. Yeah, and honest to God, like, right. He he just got good experience against a guy who's, like, kind of an outlier, you know? Like, most probably regular people aren't going to be able to do that to him. So, hopefully it's, you know, all up for from here uh, for him, too. Yeah, that's a great point. James Lido is not really a regular person, as we all <laughs> saw there. Dude, Timbo chiming in. That's what I'm saying. He's saying, I like this guy. See, everybody likes you, Zach. It's crazy, dude. And then like, we got this yeah. is a good Taylor Cahill recommendation. Which said we should braid each other's hair. I think he's right. <laughs> I agree. It's a good suggestion. <laughs> that's a fantastic suggestion. Hit a nice sweep. TJ Timbo. I'm not sure who hit a nice sweep. You, Zach, did you hit a nice sweep? I'm trying to remember who hit a nice sweep. Uh, a couple guys I feel like did. There were some good jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That, Although that pro team. probably not you. If you would go to class, you'd probably know how to sweep. Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> I just roll. Uh, uh, the guy who got body slammed. There we go. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice. dude, I get body slammed like that. I'm going immediately to the ER. That guy kept fighting, kept his confidence. That guy, dude's cool. Yeah, this prodigy guys, um, they've got, uh, you know, downstairs attitude, if you know what I'm yes. saying. Yes, they absolutely do. That's a good way to put it. I definitely, you know, I look forward to working with them again. They've they've been in touch for sure, and they, they want to keep being on our show. So we certainly appreciate that and look forward to showcasing more of their guys. They've got a lot more coming down the pipe. Like Tony Welsh's opponent, that wasn't the original guy from Prodigy that he was supposed mm. to fight. Um, unfortunately, the first guy didn't get cleared through the commission and everything. But then they're like, well, we got another guy at 155, 160 if you guys want it. Like, like yeah. he, he's not necessarily been training and ready for a fight, but he said he'll step up and do it. And we're like, all right, man, let, let's roll. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Wait, man. hold up. Uh, Darnell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that, that guy has been training. You see how shredded he is? That's what I'm saying. That's Don't what let I'm him saying. tell you he hasn't been training. That guy is freaking – I thought I was kind of jacked. That guy's shredded. Bro, he was so shredded. And he was a guy <laughs> – he was, like, worried. He was worried about the weight. He was worried about making weight. And then when he showed up and he looked that shredded and, like, actually came in underweight, I'm like, dude, what were you worried about, man? You were, <laughs> like, not only on weight but clearly in excellent shape. yeah. Yeah, these these guys, man, it was it was a interesting card for us for sure, matching wise and just learning wise. It was a big card, you know. Twelve fights is a whole lot of fights to manage, especially with the three pro fights, a couple advanced AMI. So we we mm -hmm. learned a lot, man. We're super thankful that you were a part of it too, because your your fight was awesome. Like we said, you were awesome in general. Everybody who saw it thought you were awesome, and we saw you know ticket sales, pay per view sales, man. You brought some people out as well. You did good, like for only being on the card two weeks. You actually sold a ton, man. What what was that like having that kind of support? It's one thing for people to say like, "Well, I support you and whatever you do," but like when it comes down to actually putting your money on the line, you kind of see who actually supports you. And you you had a lot of people show up, man. Yeah, they were all disappointed. They wanted to see me get knocked out. <laughs> no, yeah. It feels good. I mean, um, uh, I it, like the. I, I was just surprised how many people did come that I kind of didn't really know about. Um, my my friends and my roommate and my girlfriend kind of did like all the planning of like who's coming, who, how we get in there, blah blah blah. I just kind of 
tried to keep my head out of it so I could focus on the fight. So then, like, after the fight, there's people there that I expected to be there, but then all these people I, I never expected to be there where it was really cool. Uh, my sister and her boyfriend made it. That made it, that meant a lot to me. Um, my girlfriend's brother made it. That meant a lot to me. Um, and whenever I realized he was there, I was like, man, I cannot get beat up in front of my girlfriend's brother. That'll be true. really humiliating. True. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it – it was a ton of fun getting to chill with everyone after it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm definitely, you know, I'll take my, I'll take my attention where I can get it. So, you know, for like a couple hours there and that night I was, uh, <laughs> I was in my element, you know, that's good stuff, man. What is the post fight decompression like for you? Did you feel like you really wanted to party, like let loose or was it more of a, I'm just like super content and chill right now. Like this feels good kind of vibe. Uh, Kind of both, kind of both, man. Like I said, honestly, I even kind of wrote something like this on Instagram yesterday. Like, I finished the fight, like, in back control, right? But even the second it ended and I was in, like, a real good, safe position, the second the bell rang, I was I was just like, thank God this is over and uh, Devin's not trying to smash my face in anymore. Like, it was honestly <laughs> such a relief. So, um. Yeah, then the post fight. I mean, I was partying a little bit, but honestly, just seeing so many people uh, um, left a lot of w wounded soldiers because I would, someone would just hand me a beer and I would take a drink and then I'd like set it down and take a picture and forget about it. Um, That's really awesome. cool how many like people I also I didn't know that came up and said good job and maybe even like asked for a picture and a lot of um, uh, youth like kids that would come up and say hey great job can i get a picture and i'm just like yeah absolutely you know you kind of feel like a cool guy for a minute there and uh, yeah it's really really rewarding so that's sweet man well i yeah. would say you you are a cool guy zach so many people have confirmed that and told you that so i'm not going to pile on and like inflate your ego too much but that's right that's it's right. definitely definitely an honor having you in the cage man making your debut for us it was it's always good working with stout like those guys are, are genuinely some of the best in the business and i mean yeah. that not just in pennsylvania but anywhere man the way that team is run and who it's run by are just the best of the best so we never have a worry when it's stout guys stepping into that cage that they're going to be ready. So just we look forward to what's next for sure. I'm not going to bully you into fighting again, man. But if you if you do, you you have my number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, you know, it'll probably happen. We'll 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 just have to plan it out. Yeah, that that's great stuff, man. It was a it was killer, dude. Like I said, I think anybody who hasn't watched your fight needs to get on that replay. Go watch the replay. See what he's talking about. It's funny to me that like you said you had back control at the very end but you still didn't feel safe so you had a uh you had a muay thai smoker right you did compete in a muay thai smoker before this how did that compare to mma in terms of the fear the nerve that feeling of i'm not safe here um probably i think i was more like i had a I felt like a little bit more afraid in this one, probably. I think it's because of Devin. He's a little bit bigger than me, and you know he's got that look in his eye, and he and he came out throwing fireballs. Um, and my Muay Thai smoker, I felt good, and I kind of just got uh, hit in my junk early, like a couple times. So mm -hmm. honestly, in the smoker, like my feelings of wanting to fight went out the window. My feelings of fear went out the window. 
it honestly all kind of got replaced with like just an unhappiness from my uh, organs hurting from getting yeah. kicked in the downstairs. Fair. So, so when that one was over, I was like relieved because I wasn't going to thump on camera in front of everybody. Um, and then when this one was over, I was relieved because I wasn't going to get knocked out in front of everyone. So um, this one definitely felt more real and more intense than that smoker, I think. Nice. And if, that, if that answers your question. No, it definitely does. It 100% does. And I think you mentioned earlier like about controlling your nerves. It was one of the first things we talked about. What mm. like that was a really good crowd in there Saturday night. Like it was loud, it was rambunctious. Like that was a super fun crowd. Could you tell that the, that it was like a, a crazy atmosphere or did you kind of channel that zone so to speak where you weren't really noticing that? Oh, I definitely felt it coming out. You know, I thought, um, shout out DJ. I believe her name is DJ Cake. Is that correct? That is her. DJ yeah, Cake. She was, she, was, she was killing it all night. So, yeah, whenever they called me out, I think she just had like a transitionary song. Or maybe it was just how the song starts, but I thought it was the wrong song. So I was like mad all of a sudden, but I was like, whatever. I don't care about the song. But then it turned out to be the correct song, and I realized it was the correct song, and I went bananas, and I was trying to, you know, get the crowd pumped up. Um, so that that in that aspect, before and after the fight, I did. But during the fight, I don't hear anything. The only thing you can hear, the only thing I can hear right is Mike Wilkins, and it's him giving mm -hmm. me excellent coaching that I don't am not smart enough to actually use. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think during your fight, I actually I might have it on my phone. I'll check after the podcast. But I filmed Wilkins a little bit barking instructions because his coaching is his coaching is very aggressive, man. Dude, he's the best, and he never says he's always right. And it's uh, I give him all the props in the world. I wish I was jujitsu could uh, implement his coaching a little bit better. But uh, yeah, it's like you know, I don't know. I mean, it worked out all right for you, dude. Getting a win in your MMA debut, never a bad thing. Pretty dominant win at that. So we'll, uh, we'll let you go here, man. I don't want to take too much more of your time. I know you got, like you said, a billion stout emails to get to. So <laughs> so hopefully hopefully some people that saw your fight and got inspired to sign up to get down to stout and everything, man. It's been awesome talking to you, of course. I knew this was going to be a good podcast. Certainly delivered. And like we said, man, if you're ever ready to get back in there, hit us up. And if not, you know, we'll just keep working with Stout and your teammates. You guys got a whole freaking stable of killers there. You started rattling off some names, and it's just crazy. Like, when, yeah. I, post, when I post a Stout clip on Instagram or whatever, I can count on the whole team turning up to comment, yeah. share. Like, it's cool team dynamic there, man. So it's an honor to work with you guys and, and to talk to you today. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Hunter. Yeah. I, if you – honestly, if you don't – if you're out there watching and, and you don't train – you should. You're going to get benefits immediately. You know, it's great physical, great mental. You meet a lot of great people. Definitely, I would love for you to come train with us at Stout. But, you know, there's a lot of a lot of great gyms in the area. Um, one thing we're lucky about is on Saturdays, you know, we have like fight team come in. So we get to work with a lot of different guys from different gyms. Um, it's, a, it's a cool community, man, being able to work together and get along like that. Um, yeah, shout out RG Stout PGH. We're going to have a new location soon. Surprise, surprise. Um, don't ask me anything else about it. <laughs> um, shout out Warren, um, my boss, uh, my friend. 
awesome dude to work for. Uh, appreciate all the opportunities he's given me. Shout out Logan, also my friend and boss, best dude I've ever worked with or for. Um, shout out Wilkins. Mike Wilkins is the man. Will is the man. Stribiano is the man. Thank you, Joshua Soki, too, for coming to my fight there. Um, all my coaches, everyone there, um, uh, and all my friends and family. I can't thank anyone enough. And you guys at 24-7 and you, Hunter. Can't thank uh, everyone enough. I'm just – I feel really thankful and gracious for everybody in my life. Nice. Thanks, dude. I think that definitely shows with your personality. Like I said, it's very clear that you're a genuine guy, and we certainly appreciate that and appreciate everything you did. It is – got to correct you real quick, Zach. And this isn't just for you. This is for everybody. It's 247, not 247. It's important. It's an important distinction. Okay. Fair, <laughs> enough. Fair enough. No, you, you, believe me, you're not the only one. I thought that for the longest time. Ryan will actually tell you, like when I first started working, like like a month and a half in, I text him. I'm like, dude, this is a random question, but like, how do you say our name? The <laughs> guys <laughs> like, should probably know that, but yeah. So it yeah. is two four seven. But yeah, dude. It, like I said, it's been awesome talking to you. And uh, shout out your striking coach one more time because your audio kind of cut out, and I don't want to. I don't want him to feel let out, <laughs> left out. Who do I? What is it? Will when you when you tried to shout oh, out yeah. Will, you, you kind of cut out, and I didn't want him to feel like you left him out. Yeah, dude, Will taught me everything I know. Which maybe I shouldn't say that because I didn't look phenomenal phenomenal in my striking in that fight. <laughs> but for real, Will. <coughs> Excuse me. Will taught me everything I know. Um, yeah, he's the best. These guys, man, they're there for you. If you have some coaches like that, they care about you as an athlete, as a fighter, as a person, man. If you have the right people behind you, it's, you can really do a lot. So. Oh yeah, man. Well, we look forward to what's next, whether that's fighting or coaching or whatever it may be, man. I look forward to seeing you very soon. And, uh, like you said, it's been, it's been an honor, brother. I appreciate you jumping on. And for anybody out there watching that wants to start training, Stout's a great place. Like he said, there are so many good gyms in the Pittsburgh area right now. It's crazy. So get mm -hmm. training and, uh, we'll see you next time, brother. Thanks again for joining. Thank you very much, Hunter. It was a really, it was a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you, dude.